Welcome back to This Week's Politics. Well, This Week's Politics, is that the name of the show? I didn't realise we had a name. Um, but uh, Yossi, came, Yossi came last week and we talked about uh, This Week in Politics. And this week we're going to do it again. Uh, but just some of the feedback last week we got after last, we got after last week's episode left people wondering why we're having this conversation about politics. Why are we having this conversation, Yossi? Yeah, it's a good question. Who are we to talk anyway? There's plenty of news out there to do the job for us. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I feel that it's a great uh, pastime to, s- to spend time together with you, talking through the issues of the week. Um, it's very enjoyable. You could be anywhere near here talking to me, thank you. And <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, exactly. Expressing opinions is what makes life enjoyable, I hope. I mean, that's what it says over here. So. <laughs> and I mean, hopefully, hopefully this week and hopefully every week when we do this, able to break down the stories of the week and break it down in enjoyable content. I mean, that's really the aim, isn't it? To make sure people can understand what, what happened this week, make it simple, easy to understand. Yeah, and often when when you listen to the news or when you hear news reports, then it's coming from a certain angle or, you know, people whose profession it is to decipher the news in a certain way or give a certain narrative. But we're just blokes who have an interest in politics. Definitely, and, yeah. Uh, we're just going to share what we feel the clearest way we, we think it comes across, you know, and we welcome feedback always. As long as it's uh, positive and nature. Constructive. Constructive, that's that's the word. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Now, should we get into the first question? So, the question is, why did Nicola Sturgeon resign? And how does that affect the UK and Scottish politics? So let me just give some background information towards that. So, just just to start off, Yehuda Hammond sending this question. So, thanks, Yehuda, for sending it in. Um, so, Nicola Sturgeon, who ran the SNP, which is otherwise known as the Scottish National Party, which is, I believe, the biggest political party in Scotland. They run Scotland, and they're also a very big party in Westminster. They were yeah. one of the big... They're, they're the not third biggest. Third biggest. Oh, yeah, wow. they replaced um, Liberal Democrats. So, they're, they're, so, yeah. so it's right now it's Conservative is the biggest. They're running the country, then it's Labour, then it's uh, SNP, which she ran, and that was a very high position. So she, she resigned, so that was quite a big thing. Um, and people think... It had to do something that she had a lot of back. She said something two weeks ago, a few, two three weeks ago that got a lot of backlash. Um, so people think it was due to that. So what she said was on this recent gender recognition bill. Um, do you want to explain a bit more about the gender recognition bill and what she said? Or yeah, so yeah. essentially, there's a big debate that's raging in the world today. You have, so to speak, the, the trans community who want to be recognised um, as soon as someone identifies as a certain. Uh, um, agenda that they should be recognised um, as such, so male or female. Um, and then you have the pro-women campaigners who want it to be very much more biologically based. Yeah. And this gender recognition bill essentially uh, threw open a door to anyone to just claim that they're identified as female and they would be treated as such. And she got into a right old uh, um, mess because there was a person who was sentenced to jail who appeared in court as a female, even though he had some serious issues, and was put into a female jail, um, having only been a, having been a male up until a few weeks before the court hearing. And that oh, was, was that it? Was I know? Uh, what did he transition or just declared? He, he declared that he gave the appearance of being a female, but he, it was essentially his declaration. There were no physical uh, and no physical changes. No. Yeah. and there was a big uh, big fuss about it. And obviously, the, the, in the end, they moved him from one jail to the other. But it sort of came about at the worst time possible for her. But actually, the, just to finish off that point, the UK government did something, I can't remember what it's called, I think it was section 35 or something, where they 
they actually prevented that law from becoming law. What was this law to, to say that? To say that anyone would be respected for what they merely utter out of their mouth as to what gender they are. And then, and then just to add to that, Nicola Sturgeon, why she got herself in a big old puddle, she said that anyone from the age of 16 is a, should be allowed to do this. Right, to be. which is very young for a person to make a decision like that about their life. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then, and then uh, so it is very young. Um, and then... Yeah, so she got she got a lot of backlash for that. Let's just say, well, I presume everyone was talking about that, not in a very positive way. I think I didn't hear much too positive, um, and 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 as well as that, she also said two weeks ago that she had this. Is what I found on BBC, she had plenty left in the tank, and she is nowhere near to stepping down from land politics. When you hear that, and then a few days later, she got tons of criticism. People are wondering. So the question is, why did Nicholas Sturgeon resign, and how does it affect the UK and Scottish politics? Yeah, and to, to be clear, in her hugely long resignation speech, was like that 40, minutes, <laughs> 40 minutes, yeah, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but it was a long speech, um, she gave every impression possible that it had nothing to do with the pressure she was under, and she resigned because it just was felt... Right do, you think, do you think it had to do with this? Oh, of course it did. Yeah, sure. Of course yeah. it did. No <laughs> question. Look, she's a human being at the end of the day, she's been in the business for a long time, and I agree, she did say COVID knocked it out of her, the whole, I mean... What did she blame on? Well, she sort of said, you know, it came to a point where she just sort of felt she can't do it with the fullness of her heart anymore. So therefore, if you can't do it with everything you've got, you don't do it, which is a fair point. The question is why you got there. And she said that. And some people will say it's because of, of, of short-term pressures. Fancy, fancy way of saying because of this bill that I'm under tremendous pressure. Okay. But it's nothing to do with that. Absolutely not. The polls were tanking. Nothing to do with that. The, 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 obviously, the SNP are all about independence for Scotland. That's what their whole campaign is, 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 is. Their whole part, the whole basis for their existence is to campaign for Scotland to be independent. And the polls over the years have shown relative, you know, averaging out of yes and no vote. And in the last few weeks, it tanked. I mean, it was... Because it, of Nicola Stewart. Yeah, absolutely. So nothing to do with any of that. You know, it's typical politician speech. But look, the fact of the matter is she has held this position for a long time. And she's, uh, she was lauded in Westminster for being an excellent communicator. Basically, she could speak with confidence. She spoke her mind. In COVID, she played a blinder because she always gave the impression that Scotland were one step ahead. Essentially, she attended the same meetings that the Westminster politicians were attending. But it's just she always acted one day earlier than them. So therefore, she got all the credit for being first out of the tracks, which is clever politics, I suppose. She's clearly a clever politician, no question about it. Look, in terms of the impact on the rest of the UK, look, should they, they wanted to be independent. I don't think it's a good idea for, for, for Scotland to be independent. I really don't. I don't think it's clever for the UK. I don't think it's clever for them. Yeah, so Scotland is right now part of the UK and they want yeah. to separate. Why do so, they want to separate from the UK? Why? I don't know why. I think it's a uh, deep-held uh, view of theirs that they're separately and independent. I mean, in the same way that, you know, all those countries... Uh, uh, separated from uh, from from under the, the the empire as it was you know in, in the 19th century 20th century early 20th century um so they, they see that in the same way let us go our own way the funniest thing is that they're against brexit as a as a party as a as a country that they're, they're all against it but brexit was all about england uk going their own way right and they're saying no let us go our own way and what and be part of europe because that's essentially what, what they're going to do but there's so many questions in practical terms how they would manage it would just be chaos it would be terrible in my view um, so the implication for the UK as far as I'm concerned that there's no chance of independence anytime soon. So it's because Nicola Sturgeon, was she leading on very well and her leaving means it's not, not as likely going to happen anymore? Well, the, you need, and we, we discussed this last week and we're going to discuss it many times because politics is all about perception at the end of the day. And in, in politics, Definitely. to show leadership, you need to have character, you need to have the ability to lead and at least to show that. 
Who's got it in, in, in Scotland, aside from Nicholas Dodge? There isn't an immediate successor waiting in the wings who everyone can rally behind. And by the way, the split, because of this gender recognition bill, the splits within the party are showing more than they've ever had before. There's also huge internal arguments about how to argue for independence. Let's not forget, in 2014, they had a vote for independence. Scotland majority voted no. They voted not to be independent. So the UK parliament, uh, the UK government, whenever approached with the question of will you give Scotland another vote, it's like they've decided in 2014... How many times are they going to do this vote? Exactly. Because well, realistically, if you do enough votes, you're going to say, one time I'll say yes. Yeah, exactly. So they say not for a generation, that was the, the, the term. What does not for a generation mean? You know, 10, 15, 20 years... So we've been, you know, seven, eight, eight years, nine, well, now we're longer, almost 10 years now, actually, away from that vote. Um, so, so there's some people in the party saying, come on, let's do it. Let's push for it. Let's campaign for it. And others are saying, you know, bide our time. Let's not do it so fast. So all these splits make a big difference as to who's, who's appointed next. And so I don't think anyone will mirror her leadership. And I don't think, I think, you know, I think it's going to happen. In, in next year, when we have the general election, um, Labour are going to take loads of their seats in Scotland. And so they're not going to be the third biggest party. Well, they might still be, but they'll be reduced quite radically in size. Yeah, and crucially, Labour, for them to gain a majority, they're going to need Scottish seats. That's mathematically how it works in this country, and, and they, will, they will be able to steal them off, off, off SMB. Brilliant, so let's move on to the next question. Jeremy Corbyn, what's up with that? He got kicked out this week. Um, well, so, let me, so let me just preface this. You heard Hyman sent in this question. So Jeremy Corbyn got kicked out this week um, out of... Not got kicked out. What's the right uh, terminology? Well, he didn't get kicked out. He, he's currently an independent MP um, because he has been suspended, if I'm not mistaken, from the Labour Party, Parliamentary Party. But he's still a Labour member. So what's, what's the difference? Uh, does that mean he could still he could still try and become a Labour MP? So he thinks, and I think if I understand correctly from reporting, that's what he's planning to do. He thinks that he's been told by Keir Starmer this week he cannot stand as the Labour candidate for his constituent. And was that who made that decision? Right. Now the problem is normally those decisions are made locally by the constituent party. So he's claiming, hey, hang on a second, this is anti-democratic. I'm going to go to my constituents. They like him, and they'll vote him in again. But. I have since understood that they all candidates have to go via, at the end of the day, the National Executive Committee of the Labour Party. So even if he gets voted in, they, following the Keir Starmer's directive, will just vote him out. So It's higher politics twinkling with uh, local politics. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. Let's put it that way. He deserves all the machinations. But go on. You, so it's this basically saying that there's no way Jeremy Corbyn can ever... Be an MP for Labour ever again. Yeah. So Stelma has really wiped the floor with this one and really got, got rid of him. Yeah, and you know what? I wonder what you think about this because some people are saying, look, it's really disingenuous of Keir Stelma to do this because he was behind uh, Jeremy Corbyn in 2017, 2019. There's actually a clip of him speaking on BBC to Andrew Marr at the time saying, and he says, do you support Jeremy Corbyn? Yes. Is Jeremy Corbyn anti Semite? No, he's not an anti Semite. And now, <laughs> when it's politically expedient for him to take the other side, it's all the other side. Oh, it doesn't sound like politics yeah. at all. No. What do you say to that question, though? Do you think, do you think that's dishonourable of him? Well, there's a certain... I'm, I'm not sure I'll tell you why, because 
when I first started looking into politics and I saw every single politician on the same side, on the Conservative side, almost everyone, or every single politician on the Labour side, they would always say the same thing, no matter what the actual personal views are, because Labour told them to say this thing, so they're voted in as Labour's. They it's need to taking say taking the line, taking yeah. the party line. Yeah, exactly. That's a proper terminology. So everyone took the party line and said the party's viewpoints, not their own. And I also thought that was disingenuous. Like, say your own viewpoints, don't just mirror off someone else. But I've since come to realize that it has to be a middle line where. As a party, you want to get th- things across. So you need to say certain th- things at certain times. Sometimes you can't, just can't give in. You can't give in and you have to say no. Sometimes you have to say yes. Some, it just really depends. And is that is is him going on national television and saying no? Jeremy Corbyn is not an anti-Semite. Just saying, declaring no instead of avoiding the question and saying, I can't answer that. You can, I, I, I think it might be slightly disingenuous, yes. Yeah, but I tell you what, so I hear what you're saying, and I think a lot of people might think that. I happen to think, um, sort of given the benefit of the doubt, I happen to think, if you look at the, the journey that Jeremy Corbyn's been on... I also think it depends when it, when it was, and the journey. Well, that's yeah. the thing. So all these news, news reports and murmurings and dissatisfaction of the Jewish community with Jeremy Corbyn was quite clear. By the time it came in 2019, I mean, to yeah. be honest... Boris Johnson ran, ran and he won because of two things, Brexit and Jeremy Corbyn, quite clearly. Um, so, so by then, you know, he would have known about it all. But as you say, it was politically expedient for him to do at the time. It doesn't make sense. If you're part of the party, you play ball. Otherwise, what's the point, right? You might as well go and be an independent MP if you want to do that, right? But actually, the, what the, e, e, the EH, the ECRH, what was it called? I think um, it's something along the way. The sense. Equality and Human Rights, um, whatever they're called. Who came out and said that the Labour Party is going into special measure, measures because they have not dealt with anti-Semitism properly? When was that? This, now that happened, if I'm not mistaken, after 2019. So just to explain, so in 2019, when Jeremy Corbyn had just lost against Boris Johnson, when he had just lost the race against Boris Johnson, and people were still hating, um, still hating Jeremy Corbyn, this ECRH, whatever it's called, is a what do you call it? It's like a it's a national. Uh, it's a body that actually the Labour Party, when they were in power, created for the purpose of holding people in public to account on racism. <laughs> and then they get hold themselves. Right, that's right. good, at least. That's so really. So the Keir took the bull by the horns, yeah. yeah, and and said, right, I'll take everything very seriously. And he went on a mission as soon as he became leader to eradicate anti-Semitism. Now, what does it mean to eradicate anti-Semitism? It essentially means putting in processes that any complaints will be dealt with properly. Um, it means publicly stating your support for the Jews and saying zero tolerance. All these things that Jeremy Corbyn could never bring himself to do um, for whatever reason. I don't know. And the one step further is that it's actually kicking Jeremy Corbyn out, ah, kicking out all the bad one. blood. Yeah, that's incredible because he's a former party leader. You To do that to your own former boss is a pretty big, significant move. And he did it confidently... You know, and neutrally, because originally he said to Jeremy Corbyn quite publicly, you know, you apologise, you can come back in, apologise. Corbyn couldn't do it, he couldn't, he couldn't apologise. So he's out, you know. Imagine going into a new workplace and then just kicking a boss yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what it is. Yeah, and publicly as well, you know, not privately. So I think, again, going back to the general theme of our podcast, in politics, um, I think Keir Starmer has played, played a blinder in his leadership. Two years ago, you know, three years ago, people thought the Labour Party were out for the count for at least 10-15 years, not a chance near power. Now, the, the Conservatives have mucked things up, true. Uh, Covid's not been great politically or financially for the country, so, um, you know, you can understand that to some degree, but to some degree there's a lot of self-sabotage going on there as well. And um, trust. <coughs> sorry, I just yeah. had something to throw. <laughs> she came away quite quick. Um, Keir Starmer's done pretty well. 
He's done pretty well. At eradicating anti-Semitism within the party, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he seems too interesting for everyone. I, to be honest, personally, I find him quite boring, but also find Rishi Sunak quite boring. Exactly. exactly That's so. a gift to him. <laughs> and you know what else? With, with Nicholas Sturgeon out of the way, yeah. someone has pointed out something interesting. I don't know what the, what, what the real um, meaning of this is, but every single mainstream politician from 2019 who are the leaders of the parties are no longer the leader of the party. Um, Conservative, Labour... SMP, uh, even the Westminster SMP faction have their own leader sort of thing. It works together with the leader and with the First Minister of Scotland. They've also just recently changed from Ian Blackford to uh, some other bloke. And then Boris Johnson will come back. <laughs> well, we never know. We really don't know. Do you think he's going to come back? There's a high probability. But you, you know what? He won't. You don't, you don't think he will? Okay. Why do you think he's still, in, still hanging around? He, I, I think he thinks there's a, a shot of him coming back. Before the next election? I don't know if it's specifically before the next election, okay. but he needs, to, he, he needs to stay relevant. Play, play it out a second, yeah. yeah? Conservatives lose really badly in the next election. Rishi Sunak steps down. Do you think Boris Johnson's going to step in as a leader of opposition? I do not, not, do not think he'll ever... He doesn't want to do leader of opposition. What a boring job. He'll be Prime Minister, all right? I don't think so. I think he's sticking around because it gives him the credibility to be able to make all the money he makes. You think that specifically... Well, you invite Boris Johnson over now, you're inviting over a former Prime Minister who is currently an MP. You invite Boris Johnson over when he's out of Parliament, like David Cameron. Who knows David Cameron today? No one cares. <coughs> he's, yeah, he's definitely got more attention. I think so. Well, thanks so, thanks yes. so much. I, I thought this was really interesting. Thanks. Great pleasure.